Hello and welcome to the Facts Over Fandom show. I am your host, Brandon Podgorski. So excited to be with you on this Friday, Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Friday. Hopefully everybody's going to enjoy a nice long weekend. I know I'm fired up because not only is it Memorial Day, which is uh, an amazing holiday and it's it's a time to remember all those who have fallen in defense of our country and and certainly my thoughts and, and prayers are, are with their families. Um, but it's also on, on the sports calendar, at least it's Indy 500 weekend. And as a kid who was who was born and raised in, in Indianapolis and been to the race many, many times, uh, I, I get all I always get fired up for this weekend. And this will be the first time, you know, I've gone to the race probably a, a handful of times. I've gone to qualifications. I've gone to practice. I've uh, been to the Brickyard 400. I even went to the F1 race the first year that it was at IMS. And, and I don't know if they're still doing running it in the U.S. anymore. Um, but this will be the first time I've ever gone to Carb Day. And I can't wait. I am taking my son, who's going to turn four here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going down tonight. we, we got a hotel down in Indianapolis. Uh, we're going to wake up tomorrow. We'll go get um, some some fried chicken. And we'll take that to the to the track, probably get some chicken fingers and and fries, stuff like that. And we'll eat it while we're watching the cars go around on, on carb day. I can't wait. I am so fired up. Love Memorial Day weekend and just everything that it means from honoring our, our fallen uh, soldiers to, to the Indy 500 to kind of that unofficial kickoff to, to summer and, and pools opening. So great time uh, just in, in, in the year. And uh, great time on the sports calendar. We have the uh, NBA finals coming up, uh, NHL finals coming up, uh, baseball, you know, pardon the pun, is is in full swing, Indy 500. Um, we've got the Triple Crown going on in horse racing. Just a lot of great stuff going on right now. And it's beautiful. The sun is shining in into the room right now. Um, maybe a little bit of glare on the head. But, you know, what are you going to do? Hey, uh, nature decided when I was in when I was 20 years old, it was going to take my hair um, and you know, as I told my wife, you know, I apologize. I'm not, I'm not getting any better looking, but uh, she still married me anyway. So, um, you know, just goes to show, hey, if, if you're funny and you're humble and you're a nice person, you too can hand a, can land a, a hot blonde. But uh, you didn't come here to, to listen to my about my wife or, or me to opine on the weekend. Um, we're here to talk sports. And this week, we're, we're going to talk about a topic that's, you know, I think all these topics I talk about are, are near and dear to my heart. But this one, too, just because I've got um, friends and, and colleagues of mine who, who are researching this, um, I'm interested in this. And just about all of us, you know, growing up, especially if you've listened to this show, and, and thank you for those who listen to this show. We, we started doing some, uh, um, or we've had an increase in the numbers this week. So I don't know if it's one of you who's been listening or, or we're getting a, a bigger audience, but I thank you for all, all of you who are listening. Um, but all of us have probably played sport at some time. And some of you out there, you might've been an official and we need officials in order to play sports. As the old saying goes, without officials, it's it's just practice. And right now, I'm telling you, I, I look at this stuff. Um, I Like I said, I have colleagues that research this stuff. I've researched this stuff. I, I teach on this stuff. We're, we're getting really close to having, and if we're not already there, to having an official crisis um, or officiating crisis here in the United States. Um, and when we're talking about officials um, and officiating, specifically, we're talking more about uh, youth sport. Um, but there are so many great things that come from youth sport. 
um, all these things we learn about being a good teammate and self-sacrifice and discipline, time management, all that stuff that we're going to carry into our careers. Um, most of us not play in professional sport, right? Only 1% get that opportunity, a little less than 1% are ever going to get that opportunity, but the rest of us, we're going to go and we're going to be professional somewhere else. And there's so many great things we learn about sport, you know, and I talk about this all the time. I'm at the happiest I've ever been in my life, right? You're married and you have kids. It's just, it's fantastic. Doesn't get any better than this. Um, but outside this, this realm of my life, being, being a dad and, and being a husband and, and having a good career, if I could go back to any time in my life, I'd go back to being 10, 11, 12 years old, playing little league baseball with my friends. It was the best time ever. And, um, I get, I'm, I'm really, really worried that there's been this big shift in the culture and this big shift. And we've talked about it a, a few episodes ago, when I talked about youth sports development, we've had this big shift to, the professionalization of youth sport. It's not just sport for fun. I mean, growing up, I, I was a pretty decent baseball player. I never really thought about playing in college or playing in the pros. I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's a dream, but it wasn't the end all be all. You know, I, I went to practice. Um, I went to the batting cage. I, I had hours and hours of um, playing catch with my dad just because I love the sport and I love the game. And um, it was a lot of fun for me. So I'm really, really worried that kids are going to miss out on that because parents, coaches, players just have a lack of respect for officials. So that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about the crisis of officiating here in the United States. Before we do that, though, please help me with this show. If you could do a few things. Um, one, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at FOF underscore show. Check us out on YouTube. We're also on Rumble, but check us out on YouTube, um, youtube.com uh, slash at FOS underscore show. And if you could uh, subscribe, like the videos. Same thing. Go to Spotify. Please listen to this show on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. Those are the only thing that things that help um, and you know help us grow the show. And looking at the numbers, it's starting to grow. So with that out of the way, let's talk about officiating. So I want to give you the diagnosis, right? And then um, we'll talk about what's the remedy. How can we how can we fix this as much as we can at this point? So, you know, after the pandemic hit, um, we're all, we were already starting to see a decline in the number of officials that we had here in the United States. Um, and after the pandemic hit, we started to lose more and more. Um, so this is according to the Aspen Institute, the average age of a starting official in 1976, and I'm sorry for those watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm looking over here to the side, uh, was 20 years old. And then by 2016, it was 42. So we're already seeing, you know, from 1976 to 2016, older and older people are starting to get, are, are um, officiating because young people just don't want to get involved for whatever reason. Um, there are more officials over 60 than under 30 in what's becoming a grain industry right now. Uh, in fact, in high school sports, 80% of officials quit before their third year. Let me say that again. 80%, 8 out of 10 who are officiating high school sports 
quit before their third year. So if you're an assigner, you know, which is somebody who assigns officials for certain sports in high school. So you're an AD, um, you're a conference commissioner. Basically, you um, have all these sports. You know, I, I'm familiar with basketball, um, being a coach, uh, a college basketball coach um, in, a, in a former lifetime. Um, you have an assigner. They get the schedule of all the games and then they assign the officials or the ones who go out and hire the officials and they assign them and then you just pay the assigner. So it's one less thing off your plate if you're a conference commissioner or you're an athletic director. Right. And so if you're an assigner, basically you're hiring new people every year and you're trying to hire them. You're, you're trying to train them. And if any of you have been in HR, or you've been a manager, you know, it's tough hiring people. It's not easy in, in the best in environment, but if now you're going into an environment where um, you're being um, abused um, verbally and even physically, and what this show stemmed from um, was a video that was being shown online last week. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and I'm going to share this with you here. Okay, if you're listening on the podcast and you're not um, watching on on YouTube or Rumble, and and I suggest that you do that, we see a Rumble right here, and this happened here in Fort Wayne. I live here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, here in the northeast part of the state. Um, I don't, we don't have sound to this, and, and we don't know everything that happened to precipitate this. But um, there was a, a look like a parent who was arguing with an official, official argument, the parent parent goes and attacks the official, and then they go down to the ground and they're, they're uh, exchanging blows and they're finally separated and, and they take the parent out of the gym there. And this happened at a um, you know an AAU uh, club basketball event that's gonna play again. So I'm gonna get out of this here. Um, here in, in Fort Wayne at a big field house that, um, that hosts a, a lot of these AAU events. And so you see this, and you're wondering, like, when did it get to this point where we're looking at seventh graders, eighth graders, and, and parents are fighting with officials over a call? And listen, I, I've coached middle school basketball. I, I've coached college. I've coached summer league AAU. Right. Um, I, I for three summers I got to go over and in, in coaching in Europe and um, part of my masters uh, or at least my first masters was was coaching education and I've seen the the good the bad the ugly um, I've had the 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 great honor of of working under some some amazing Hall of Fame coaches getting to know some of the best coaches in the country um, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff just on the recruiting trail or, or just even as a coach. Um, during during summer league, and I think a lot of it stems from unrealistic expectations of parents who think you know because my kid plays on this particular AAU team or that they play AAU at all that hey this is the ticket to them becoming a, a college athlete. You know I was thinking about this episode today and and one player crossed my mind. He was a good player. Um, I, I ran my own AAU team for for a couple summers. And listen, you know AAU get really gets banged on, uh, but there's good coaches and, and there's good people out there who mean well. And and I felt like I was one of those. I felt like I, I knew the game. I was going to teach the game. We we're going to play a certain style um, that that wasn't just kind of all right. You know, hey, look, we're going to go four out and and we're just going to kind of dribble drive thing and and, and whatever. 
Um, no, we, you know, we actually tried to run stuff. We tried to be disciplined. We, in, in, we, we won some big games. Um, but I mean, it, it were kind of ragtag group of kids. You know, I wasn't sponsored by Nike. It wasn't sponsored by Adidas, Under Armour, anything like that. It was just my own thing. And, you know, these families, I only had them pay 250 bucks and the rest of it I covered. Um, not because I was looking to latch on to these kids or I had any other motives other than, you know, hey, I wanted to help. I just wanted to help kids who might not have been able to play for um, one of the elite programs here in, in the state of Indiana. Um, and, and I love coaching. So there was a real altruistic thing for me to get involved with this. But I was thinking about one player who I had my first year. He was probably the best player on the team. And, and yeah, he had a chance to play college basketball. I wanted a D1 kid. You know, he's probably maybe about 6'3", 6'4", and, and um, you know, a- athletic, um, could could shoot the ball pretty well, could play a number of different positions and made it, things really difficult on, on opposing defenses just with his style of play. Um, and Again, best player on the team, I, I think, as a sophomore. Um, I think he got some time with the varsity. And so the next year, uh, the next summer, he gets a chance to play for uh, a, a club team, an AU uh, team who's um, very well known in the state. I don't know if he was playing on one of their, their top teams, but they invited him to come play one of their teams. And the dad you know, said, well, hey, listen, you know, he's got a better opportunity, so he's going to go play with this team. Cool. Fine. No big deal to me. And, you know, if that's what you want to do, uh, that's what you want to do. Go ahead and do it. Um, couldn't get playing time with him, though. And probably a few weeks into the summer AU circuit, his dad calls and it's like, hey, you know, can he come back and and play with you? Um, but, you know, this, this dad was very, very um, invested into getting his kid on the best AAU team possible and, and making calls and doing whatever it is he could because um, he was convinced his son was going to play um, Division One college basketball. And that didn't happen. You know, this kid ended up going playing um, D3. I don't know if he stayed longer than a year or, or graduated or whatever. But, you know, we put that time and energy or you put all this pressure on your kid um, because you want him to get that college scholarship. You know, the kids can feel that may not even be what they necessarily want to do. You know, parents are living their dream vicariously through their kids. Um, but is, is that really setting our kids up for success? You know, and my child's only four years old. And, you know, if he gets a chance to play um, collegiately, hey, that's great. But is that, you know, we're trying to push something where only about one to two percent of high school athletes are going to get any kind of college scholarship. And again, I addressed this in, a, in a, just a couple of weeks ago on the show. It did a whole show on the recruiting process in college. Even fewer than that are going to go pro. Why is that the only path? And as an apparent, you know, if you're hearing these stats, why are we trying to live vicariously through our kids as, hey, you have to do this or you have to play on this team or you have to you know, go to these training sessions and you got to play all year round or coaches won't see it. Let me tell you a secret for parents, right? And now I'm giving away my Uncle Brandon segment here, right? Um, but if you can play, coaches will find you. And your high school coach, unless you're playing on one of the elite AAU teams or club baseball teams, softball teams, what it is, who's backed by a shoe company, unless you're invited to play for them, Summer ball is not going to make a whole big difference, right? How you play in high school and what your high school coach has to say about you, that's going to carry a lot of weight with college coaches. 
right? So I think we got this, this culture of, of parents trying to live again vicariously through their kids. And, and I just think in, in the culture, just generally, um, we've seen a, a degradation of, of ethics, a degradation uh, of morals of what we find, or maybe morality. Um, again, I talked about ethics and morals in uh, last week's episode to where we just don't, we don't look at other people with the respect that they deserve. And officials deserve respect. You may not agree with their call, right? And especially if they're doing something nefarious, they need to be called out. But for the most part, I mean, that's very, 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 very rare. Um, you know, they're human. They're not robots. They're out there doing their best, right? So some other things, just to kind of get a scope of the problem as I try to put a bow on this here. The South Carolina Referee Association, it reports that 70% of rookie officials in their youth soccer quit after one season. Um, soccer parents. <laughs> I refereed youth soccer. When I was in high school, Ooh. I'm like baseball parents can be bad. Basketball parents can be bad. Soccer parents are on a different level. And I think a lot of it's because um, soccer parents don't understand that soccer can be a pretty physical game. Um, so just expect that if you're a soccer parent and, and little Johnny gets knocked down or he gets kicked in the shin, it's part of the game, right? From 2016 to 18, the New York State Public High School Athletic Association lost 160 officials in all sports. From 2007 to 2017, the Iowa High School Activities Association had a 12% decrease in its number of registered officials in seven sports. Basketball, baseball, football, soccer, swimming, track and field, and wrestling. The Illinois High School Association, they estimated that it had lost about 1,500 officials from 2015 to 2018. The Kansas State High School Activities Association, they have about uh, 1,372 registered officials across all sports in 2012 to 13. In 2018, that number was down to 1,189. Um, so they lost almost 200 officials there. The Florida High School Athletic Association. They had 11,029 officials for all their sports during the 2010 to 11 school year. Less than a decade later, that number has dipped to 7,795. So they lost over 3,000 officials there. Um, the Madison in this Wisconsin, Madison Metropolitan School District for the 2017-18 school year hired approximately 250 officials to officiate more than 800 high school sporting events. And right now we're at a point where Athletic directors and um, conference commissioners, they're actually, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, they're actually postponing games or canceling games um, because they cannot find officials then. So um, why are there fewer officials, right? And there are various reasons here that we'll go through. Um, one, younger officials, they're not replacing older officials. As we talked about, you know, from um, the 70s to 2016, how the average age was went from 20 to 42, right? Young people just don't want to get involved in it. And I get it. You know, who wants to go and get yelled at? Um, let's see. Um, two, youth, sport, middle, and high school officials are often poorly paid or they're volunteers. Um, you know, a high school official you know, and there's only so much money to go around in, in high school sports, but a high school official, they may drive an hour, an hour and a half to a game, make 70, 
75 bucks and then drive an hour, hour and a half home. A lot of that's going to be chewed up with gas, expenses, um, taxes. So it's not that much money in, in um, to work for, for a couple hours and take the abuse that they take, right? And then three, as the sporting environment grows more negative, it is getting more difficult to recruit new officials. Poor behavior from spectators is cited as the number one reason why officials left the field. Um, and then finally, advancement opportunities in officiating high school to college um, are pretty difficult. And, and that's true. I mean, you just don't go from being a, a high school ref to, to refing in the Big Ten where you're making um, a lot more money. So um, there are some, the diagnosis, this where we're at right now with officiating. Um, I could I could certainly understand why seeing videos like this on Twitter online would discourage younger officials from getting involved. So what can we do about it? How can we fix this? How can we keep officials in the game so we can keep youth sports strong? Um, so a few things I got here. One, adopt a zero tolerance. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, adopt a zero tolerance policy, right? Um, I would have this policy for coaches, athletes, spectators. If you abuse an official, right? Um, if you do anything that we would consider um, you know, uh, abuse, or um, we would consider um, mistreatment of an official, you're gone. You know, there's no warning. You know, the the sign, the the papers, whatever. That, that's your warning. What you see, right, uh, on the on the wall. Um, but you're gone, and, and we'll make announcements before the game. You know, in your preseason meeting, we're going to make announcements and make sure it's in the handbook and everybody's on the same page. Um, but if you abuse an official, you're gone. And you can you got to make the decision as a conference commissioner. Is it for a day? Is it for a week? Is it for a month? Um, what are you going to do? Right? Um, other things you could do. Provide better education and enforcement. And, and this would be for officials. You know, officials are trained on their sport and officiating their sport, but also train them how to de-escalate situations, how to deal with abusive behavior, um, just those things kind of on the periphery that officials deal with that might not necessarily be officiating the game, right? Um, and, you know, with that, if you want to have parents sign a, a code of conduct, um, you know, levy fines, whatever it would be, um, just to give the officials that education piece. And then we're going to enforce kind of that zero tolerance piece. And then, you know, the last ones, we we got to recruit a little bit more earlier in, and often, um, maybe even getting middle school, high school kids involved at the T-ball league that my son plays in. Um, we've got uh, high schoolers and I think middle schoolers involved in helping out with officiating and they've got a zero tolerance policy and they're very, very strict on that, which I like to see there. Um, so, you know, kids get an, uh, an appreciation for officiating appreciation for umpiring. They're learning some skills, skills that they could use to make some good money in the summertime when they're off school. Um, and it's hopefully giving them um, a desire to get into officiating and getting those reps and that training that that education that they need. So there you go. That's the state of officiating here in the United States with you, Sport. Um, coming up, I've already given away a little bit, but coming up, I'll give you some Uncle Brandon advice to club sport parents out there. But let me hit you with some knowledge. 
Okay, I love this segment of the show because for this show, I like to deal in facts. That's why we call this the Facts Over Fandom Podcast. And I like to bring you statistics and, and data and, and what's going on in the world like I just did here in the first segment. Um, but this segment of the show, I get to opine a little bit and I get to give you my opinion and, and my outlook. Now, this show, I like to keep things positive. I don't want to do hot takes. Um, I'm not really concerned with you know who's going to win between the, the Heat and the Celtics. I'm not going to give you a breakdown or all that. There's a million other places you could go for that. Um, but I want to try to give you some um, good kind of maybe, I, I don't want to say anecdotal, but you know anecdotal kind of common sense mixed in with some research. So last week I gave John Morant some advice on on just life and, and gun safety. This week, I want to talk to club sport parents. And if you are a club sport parent, I think club sports, by and large, just like a lot of things in life, um, they can be good, you know, um, if used in the right way, um, if it's in a with a team in a club and an organization um, that has a good, strong mission, I think club sports can be great. You know, obviously there's can be downsides with some, you know, some are money grab. Some are filled with coaches who are not qualified. Um, look at that. Um, what was it? That Bishop Gorman high school, something like that out in Ohio, um, which was a, a weird type of sport charter school thing. Know, that was just kind of really, really weird. Or Bishop Sycamore, Bishop Sycamore. I think that's what it was. Um, it was kind of like a glorified club. Um, glorified AAU program. Um, but those that ha make promises that they can't keep, right? um, and those were your plan year round. You know, your kid has their middle school, their high school season, and then they go right into club and, and there's no break at all. So while I think club sports can be great because it can be useful as a developmental tool, um, it keeps kids engaged. It does. It can give them some uh, a place to a place to showcase um, their talent. As a parent, you've got to be discerning, and let's put the interest of our child first, and not what we want. We're not trying to live vicariously through them. And I know there's this idea that if my son or daughter doesn't play on this particular club team, or if they're not playing all year round, then they're not going to have a chance to get a college scholarship. And I'm telling you, as somebody who coached in college and, and who recruited and who coached AAU, that's just simply not true. Now, AAU can help club sports. They certainly help and they've got their place, but I talked to so many high school coaches about their players, right? And even when I would talk to AAU coaches, the first question that I would always ask, and, and the first question that was, was asked of me when I coach AAU, hey, what type of kid are they, right? Because unless you're just a five-star talent, um, coaches don't want to deal with the headache. Now, if you're a five-star guy in, or, or gal, and you're going to just bring automatic wins to the program and, and you're an impact player. And yeah, coaches will deal with a little bit of crap. Um, but for the most part, you know, they don't want to deal with headaches. And so, you know, as a parent, 
let's prepare our kids for their post-athletic world because only five, maybe up to 6% of high school athletes are going to play college athletics. So what we're doing right now is parents to prepare them for their world after high school is so much more important than preparing them to be college athletes because the vast, 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 vast majority of these kids, they're not going to play college athletics. And it is impossible to know with a kid at, at 12 years old, 11 years old, 10 years old, whenever we're starting these, these summer showcases and all this stuff, it's impossible to know if they're going to play college sports. Right? Now, every now and then you got that diamond in the rough, but they're almost outliers that prove the point. Right? Um, so let the coaches coach, let the officials official, officiate, official, let the officials officiate, let the umpires on, right? Your role as a parent, support your child, support the team, support the coach, right? Be a great cheerleader. Now, with that being said, however, if you see things going on in a program, a coach is acting inappropriately, they're being abusive, they're being hostile. Now it's time to intercede. You know, you being the parent to protect your child, now's the time to get in between and, and, and take care of that situation. With an official, I don't know if I've ever seen an official, I'm sure it probably can happen and maybe has, but I don't know if I've ever seen an official act in a game to a point where a parent needs to come out of the stands and, and fight an official. I, I, I'm just trying to think, and I've been to thousands of games. I mean, I guess unless an official verb or like physically accost a player, you know, if I saw an official, you know, certainly push or, or hit my son, then, you know, yeah, I'm the first one out of the stands. Let's get it on. But, you know, outside, if an official's just making bad calls, it, as part of sports, especially youth sports, I just told you these people do not get paid that much. Some of them are volunteering. Go into it as an apparent, expect crummy calls right even in the pros i mean if i said the name angel hernandez to you a lot of you who are baseball fans you know exactly who i'm talking about and you know i'm when i when you hear that name it's not good i'm not saying angel hernandez and the first thing that pops your mind oh man that guy's an amazing umpire right People um, give him a hard time because he has not been a very good umpire or he's made some very bad calls, right? So even the pros screw this up. Guys who this is their career, they screw this up, right? But you mean to tell me that high school kid who's officiating game or that guy who, who just drove two hours to this game who's getting paid 75, 80 bucks is going to be perfect? No, no, no. Don't expect that, right? So maybe it's a, a thing of expectation, Lower your expectation and be a good cheerleader, give good support. And when it's all said and done at the end of the game, let your kid be the one to bring things up. All you got to do as a parent, the most impactful thing that you can say to your child is 
I love watching you play. Five words right there. I love watching you play. That's it, right? It doesn't need to be chalk talk time. It's time as soon as they get in the car, right? Just let them bring it up, and then now you've got the open window to uh, to go and and talk about what you saw. But give the officials a break. Give the coaches a break, right? Unless they're doing something abusive to your child, give them a break. Let the officiate officials officiate. Let the coaches coach. Let the players play. Be a great cheerleader and just enjoy this time in life with your child because it is so doggone precious because we don't know how long their career is going to be. You know, 70% of kids drop out of sport by age 13. So if your kid gets started, let's say it's six years old. So that's six to 13. What that's only seven years. That's such a short amount of time that you have as a parent just to enjoy the ever loving heck out of watching them go and play and compete and, and having fun. So as a parent, just enjoy it. And this is from one parent talking to others. Just go, just enjoy it. Just be supportive. So that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Facts Over Fandom Show. I can't wait. Next week, we've got our first interview, our first guest that we're going to have on the show. That's going to drop next Friday. I'm really excited about that. So make sure you tune in. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at FOF underscore show. Check us out on YouTube and Rumble. Just search Facts Over Fandom. Hey, happy Memorial Day weekend for all those who have served and are serving. We give you a, a salute and a support for um, those families that are, are mourning those that we've lost. Certainly our prayers are with you. Hey, make sure, love God, love each other, be a good sport. We'll see you next week. So fast,